1: Now, are you effing kidding me with JoJo from Juries?
0: Dear Mom, Pa, Maga, I know that facts are about as useful to you as a dictionary and a 23andMe test, but that doesn't make them any less true. So even if you can't or won't listen to this, I'm going to say it anyway, because unlike you, I don't get my information from a QAnon chat room or from a fake prophet who receives messages from God or from my drunk Uncle Billy Bob, who is best known for walking away with three of his fingers still intact after the Tri County Turkey Fryer Blaze of 1998. So here goes. Joe Biden won the 2020 election. It wasn't stolen or stolen, and the ones who did the actual interfering were Republicans. The January 6th attack on our Capitol wasn't peaceful. It wasn't a tourist visit or legitimate political discourse. It was a violent, traitorous attack meant to overturn a lawful election. The top secret documents found in Donald Trump's chandelier shitter weren't planted there. He didn't declassify them with his mind. And once again, a private citizen, he was not allowed to show them to anyone else for any reason in any room of his gilded golf resort. The First Amendment does not give anyone the right to manipulate vote totals or to coerce elected officials into doing it for them. No one is being indicted for you. No one was found liable of sexual abuse or business fraud for you. And that never surrender mugshot t-shirt you own the libs By wearing features a photo of a person who has just been arrested, literally surrendering. You can think whatever you want. You can believe the lies you're told. You can tell yourselves that a rapist is a family man, that someone who can't remember the name of the person he ran against or the one he hopes to run again against is sharp and that someone who attacks our POWs and praises dictators is a patriot. But it doesn't change the fact that it simply isn't true. None of it is true. It never was, and it never will be, whether you like it or not. My guest today is Officer Harry Dunn. He's a remarkable law enforcement officer known for his unwavering dedication to serving and protecting his community, born In 1985, Officer Dunn has become a role model for many aspiring officers, standing at an impressive height of six feet, two, He seems taller. He seems taller. And weighing around 200 pounds, his physical presence commands respect. That's true. Throughout his illustrious career, Officer Dunn has been recognized for his exceptional courage, professionalism, and commitment to justice. (sighs) He is an incredible human being who I I've had the pleasure to meet, and Congressman Eric Swalwell said of his new book, Standing My Ground, the stirring memoir of Harry Dunn, a Capitol Police officer on duty, January 6th, who has become one of the most prominent and essential voices regarding the truth of that day, and a must-read for those who care about our nation's future. Harry is, as I said, an incredible person, and I genuinely think he's one of the nicest, funniest, kindest human beings I've ever met. And the generosity of his spirit is something you just can't describe in words. So I love talking to him. I I enjoyed this conversation immensely. He really is um, a person who stands for what is right and what is best about humanity. And we need more people like that in the world. So I really hope you enjoy Welcome to the Are You Fing Kidding Me podcast. Harry Dunn.
1: Thanks for having me. It's good to be here with you.
0: I'm so excited to see you, my friend. How are you I'm, doing?
1: I'm well. I'm well. I uh I have my drink here and uh my bourbon, of course. So uh that makes everything a little bit better. So
0: <laughs> yeah, it does. Especially I don't know if it's cold down there, but this morning I woke up and it was freezing. It was like it was cold minutes.
1: in the morning, but it actually warmed up pretty nicely. It got to be like Close to 70, it was like 65, 68, something like that.
0: See, that's why I want to live down there. I, yeah. I can't <laughs> do the cold anymore. Like, I just, I like feel it in my bones. I'm like, oh, no, it's going to get cold. Well, the way they're
1: talking, I've been watching a couple winter forecasts, and they said we're supposed to have a pretty good winter, like, with snow and stuff. So I like snow, so I'm excited about that.
0: I like snow from an aesthetic point of view, like, I like one really good snowstorm because I, I, I like, you know, having to stay inside with the kids and like doing all yeah. the things. But that's, then I'm good. Let it, like, I'm good. One and done.
1: Like, all right, that's enough.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we had a couple of winters where it was like, are you
1: fucking kidding me? Just are you fucking kidding me? Yes.
0: Yeah. Every Monday we were like, what is happening? Uh, yeah. So, but I would be, we didn't get any snow last year. So that sucked. I but, know.
1: Yeah, it was terrible. So.
0: Yeah. But I know in Virginia, they're like, I'm not, You don't. I don't. Do you live in Virginia?
1: I'm in Maryland. I live in Maryland. But maybe
0: Maryland's the same. But in Virginia, if they get like a half, like a half an inch of snow, everyone's like,
1: they're like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Same, same here.
0: Yeah. Jersey, we pride ourselves on being the best drivers in the country. It's just
1: it uh, a fact. <laughs> the jury's uh, still out on that. So <laughs>
0: I don't know. I, nobody in New Jersey believes that, but that's fine. But that's uh, uh, that's, that's why funny. we're so u- universally loved around the country. Yes, right?
1: yes, <laughs> Yeah.
0: All right. So let's just jump in. Okay. What's going on over there with uh these Republicans? Like <laughs> the kidney punching, and you want to go throwing down like in a committee room? Well, it's like extra Jerry Springer and with like Lauren, you know, beetle juicing in there. I saw
1: there. that. That was so wild, man. And what? you know, Same. I I I don't I don't try to get into that too much. Obviously, our job is to protect those individuals right. you know, no matter what. However, I still think it's important for the constituents to see the people that they're voting for. And um that leaves me, I, you know, I, that leads me to why one of the reasons why I wrote the book. Um just to give an accurate, as a it service, an educational piece, I guess. Um, you know, I, I don't expect many Republicans, Democrats, uh, lawmakers to read it, but, you know, I, I think that the voters should be informed about what happened, what's happening, and um, choose the people uh, wisely who you want to represent you.
0: <laughs> yeah. No, I think everyone should read it. I think mean, every lawmaker should read a Democratic or a Republican. I think what you yeah. just said is so important. And you you have gotten to see these people, like you said, you you saw them in one light, you know, before January 6th and another after. But also, I just wanted to I just want to say from a personal experience that what you what you offer this insight is that you have a reverence for the buildings, for the yeah. institution uh, I gotta tell everybody like when Harry's given been very lucky to have gone down there twice, once with my kids, once. Yeah, with we did. We got a nice
1: tour. That's it. Yeah,
0: and what you do is you infuse this. Building with your life because you really don't just—it's not just a job, it's not just a workplace. It's like people say, "Oh, you work at a cookie factory. Eventually, you get tired of cookies." But like you—you yeah. you breathe and you live this, and you stand there in the rotunda, and if you experience the rotunda from Harry Dunn's eyes, which you can't because nobody's that tall, but if you could, <laughs> if you got on four people's shoulders and did—you're yeah. like a little kid. And I yeah. feel the same way. Like as an as my eighth on my eighth grade trip, when I got to walk into that building and I started to cry, and my friends were ready to like never talk to me again because it's got so much <laughs> reverence for me. But yeah. that's what's what's infused in your person, but also your book. And it's just who you are, it's your voice. But the, that's why I think that every Republican and Democrat should read it. And and I love that you said that. So, I mean, I, I just want to talk about that a little bit, about your reverence, how you yeah. feel, how you act like a kid in this building. Yeah, how other yeah. people just breeze on through.
1: So I'm, I'm so that's that's what that's one of the reasons why January 6th is so hard for me, too. Because it, it, it attacked the institution,, um, the core of our demo- of our, our foundation as a country as a, as a democracy, It attacked that. And also it physically attacked and desecrated a building that I hold so in such high regard. And you know, just from an ancestral um, point of view, like slaves built that building, you know, slaves built the Capitol against their will. And, you know, I have the honor, the honor to protect it. To And it just means so much to me. And, you know, I've always just held that building in such high regard. And now it's, so, it's difficult to navigate because it's the scene of one of the darkest days of our country's history. But yet I still love the building, but I hate it because of what it represents. And I... It's it's such a battle that I, na- I I struggle navigating it because I love it and I hate it at the same time, and um God it it's it, it, that's what that's one of the reasons why like I said January sixth another reason is so you know personal because I do hold these institutions near and dear the, the 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 democracy this free uh society that we live in and people try to just take it away and overthrow it it um it, it struck a nerve more so than just it was personal.
0: Yeah. I I love that about you. And I feel so connected to that about you. And, and I think I, I haven't gotten to even mention the name of the book yet, which is in my notes and I suddenly can't find <laughs> it, but I'm um, here. It is standing. Okay. Standing my ground, a Capitol police officer's fight for accountability and good trouble after January 6th. And I love that you cite good trouble. Can you yeah. talk about that a little bit? Why that's in the title?
1: Well, I, obviously just as a, a man of history and just John Lewis was just one of the greatest people that I've ever met in my life just as a great human being and honestly I hadn't heard the phrase the good trouble phrase until you know recently well before he passed obviously um I hadn't I wasn't familiar with it even growing up or whenever but it resonated with me because you know and I talk about a lot of things in the book about how people were, demanding to stand up for equal rights and equal justice when things that aren't fair, you have to say something about it and not saying storm the Capitol, you know, and you know try to you know overthrow the, uh, the will of the American people, but fight back in a, the ways that you're protected under the law to do so. And one of the most powerful tools and weapons that we have is our vote. And, you know, and I, that's why one of the reasons why I look at the book is kind of like an educational thing um, I, I want our voters to be educated and, uh, use an educated voter as the best type of voter. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, that's why the good trouble things stand out to me. Cause, you know, obviously when you hear this, when, when some people try to, you know, uh, gaslight people when they say, Oh, well, they said fight back. Well, they didn't mean physically, like, come on, we know, stop it. We know that we didn't mean physically. It means fight back at the ballot box to fight back for protesting, um, peacefully, you know, yeah. Um, and that's how things got changed all through history. You know, the women got the right to vote. People of color got the right to vote. Black people, um, gay marriages were legal because people fought back, not by storming the Capitol or beating up their lawmakers, but by voting in people who would, uh, reflect their best interests. And that's what good trouble looks like to me. So January 6th, um, it didn't come without consequences, um, for me speaking out of, sometimes been a target of, you know, the extreme right, um, you know, just uh, character attacks and assassinations, uh, character assassinations. Um, so that's, but it's all worth it. And I, I'll never shut up about it. So
0: I love that about you. I don't want you to shut up. We, we need you. <laughs> Have you heard you can listen to your favorite news podcasts ad free? Good news. You are really an anomaly. You're not just, you're not just li- literally walking the beats, you know, to, to protect our democracy physically and literally, but you're also doing it, you know, figuratively and spiritually and emotionally. And you're not just doing that quietly and to yourself. You just like who you are. Like, this is who you are. There's a loud presence attached to everything you do. There's a loud presence attached to you. You wrote a book, you know, saying... We, we have to take this very seriously. This is sacred. This is special. And what we saw on January 6th was an attempt to take that very special thing that is remarkable about this this country and this it's democracy. What makes us, it what makes
1: the, it's what makes us so different from a lot of other nations. We have, we have this, and we take it for granted. We can't take it for granted. We can't.
0: Yeah, yeah I, think, I, I think that's so powerful what you're saying. Because I think what happened for so many of us, whether it was – whether it was 2016 or whether it was Dobbs or whether it was January 6th, but there was this moment where you were like, shit, I yeah. didn't realize, like, I didn't realize I was like blinders. Everything's fine. My life is fine. So everything's fine. And yeah. then, and then you're confronted with this moment where you're like, "Uh, I took that for granted. And, and I love that you said that too, because it's like, we don't want to be looking back and saying, I wish I had, or if only yeah. I had, why didn't I then? Because then is, it's too late. This is at our doorstep now, right? A- Democracy is a daily a daily process that we have to like always engage in and keep engaging in because we keep seeing you're seeing it in your real time space where you work this uh, sort of coordinated attack to take these things away from us. That's not you know that's not me being dramatic. Like
1: yeah, this is, no, it? it's real life. It's, ha- it's yeah. happening. In, it's happening in real time, just like you said. So
0: yeah, I- and I think it's incredible. And I think one of the things also about your book that is also Elemental, elemental to you are is you talk a lot about accountability yeah. and and that's so important to you and i feel like just i just want to add this one side note to that because there was a moment today where, and I know you can't really necessarily comment on sitting members of Congress, probably because, you know, you serve to protect them. <laughs> but let's just call her, maybe her name rhymes with Marjorie Smaller Queen. And she said she referred to, and this is very upsetting to me, uh, she referred to the events of January 6th as a three-hour event four years ago, and that the, the director of the FBI essentially needs to move on, move on, right? We need, This is somebody who won't move on from the 2020 election. But the way it was downplayed in this, like, you know, just diminishing and and disrespectful, dehumanizing way, kind of feeds into this question about accountability because we haven't fully seen it yet. And when you have people like that in Congress now, making in the majority, by the way, making decisions and holding these sham hearings where they are able to do that, what what does that say about accountability? I'll How, tell do, we you what, How do we get I'm, it?
1: I'm I'm all for you know moving on and stuff like that. And however, like I mean, for example, I, I when uh. When felons, I'm all for felons getting their rights restored and stuff mm-hmm. like that. You serve your time and you do your, and then you know what? We move on. You know, mm-hmm. you you served your you you paid your debt to society, and um you move on. Um, but we can't move on until accountability's been served. Bingo. Once accountability serves, let's move on. Okay, I I agree a hundred percent. Let's move on. Yeah. But till that happens, sorry, we ain't going nowhere. <laughs>
0: Right. And how do we get there? Like, that's I, the question.
1: I think we're just waiting now. Like I, when, when I wrote the book at the time, uh, Jack Smith had not brought forward charges against Donald Trump um, regarding January 6th. And um, I, I can't, I'd be lying if I said I wasn't doubtful that he would, you know, I would just, like I said, we're going on three years of it. And um, I, I did have doubts that it would, I, well, I didn't know what was happening. I just thought it was, what is taking so long, but that's why I don't work in the Justice Department. That's not I stay in my lane. I, I stick to the things that I know about. But um, I am glad that to see that we are moving in the right direction and we're on our way to what appears to be accountability. But um, we still got a long way to go with the trial and, you know, appeals and all that stuff that's going to take place afterwards. But um, it, we, we just got to wait and see.
0: Yeah. And I feel like what I personally think is so important and something that you do so well is that we're not going to let the revisionist history of the events of that day or the lead up to it or what's happened after it. We're not going to let that be whitewashed and revised. We're not going to allow the narrative to diminish it to the point where the January 6th insurrectionists who are in prison now are you know martyrs or it was a tourist event or it was peaceful protest or they make the false equivalencies between that and you know the protests we've seen recently like these kinds of things that they're doing to which are very very effective largely um we need to have the counter voices like yours on the other side speaking up and saying actually that's not true and i am i am living proof of that right here that's the
1: thing well that's the thing one of the things that's get lost about january 6th and there were real victims that day. It you know, it's easy for the left and the right to use January 6 as a political um a, a voting efforts and stuff it's it, it's easy to do. Hell, in the elections that just passed um in Virginia and um Kentucky um Ohio, mm-hmm. uh they were using January 6 in ads, you know, people supporting this so so it became a, a, a an election tool or an election topic, January 6th. That, I mean, that's all well and good, but people's lives are forever changed because of that. There were real victims and humans there that day. Um, you know, people just throw January 6th on the ballot. Like, that's not how this works. Like, no, I mean, I, I get it. I get it. You have to fight because you, <laughs> you vote for the person who supports it. It could happen again. But, you know... Uh, Brian Sicknick, he he wasn't a political guy, you know, he, he he's not a political person, but, you know, people are politicizing his, his death or even Ashley Babbitt, you know, like people politicizing her. There were real human beings there that day. And um, that's why people want to just it's so easy to lose the human element of that day. A lot of people's lives are forever changed because of January 6th and left and the right are using that as a, a a a election talking point and i, I said i get it but it's it, that's kind of painful too you know
0: yeah because you're walking around bearing the physical and emotional scars and trauma and so many of your peers are as well and then there's peers of yours who are missing but also to the point about ashley babbitt she's not here anymore and and, and as much as i I don't personally, you know, have feelings of remorse or, you know, grief for her loss. I will say this, it is still sad. It is still sad that that had to happen, that someone had to feel compelled to do what she did that resulted in, you know, what happened to her. But that's But the
1: thing is though, the thing is though there are a lot more people who think that she was right and people yeah. that would be willing to do what she did also. Like yeah. uh, people's lives were changed like her her family like People's lives will never be the same. And like I said, I'm I'm not, you know, trying to, I, I have a hard time not feeling any kind of remorse for, you know, when somebody loses their life, you know, I, I that's just me, mm-hmm. but, but she made a decision, Yeah, you know, she, she made a decision, um, every, like everybody that was there that day, they made a decision, um, but, uh, it's people's lives would change like I, I've been in some of the courtrooms when people were sentenced and sentenced to jail and you have their loved ones in there who had nothing to do with January 6th. But now their lives are forever changed because the 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 bread the breadwinner um, is no longer to provide for their family because they're in jail. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, the the somebody's sole caretaker now can't make their appointments for dialysis because they got to go to jail. So that's, that's, that's one of the things that gets lost on people, but man, it, people don't think about themselves. And that's always, I've always been a bigger picture type person, like look at the bigger picture and I don't, I don't get it, man. I don't get it.
0: I think your bigger picture perspective is your humanity. And I think that that's what most people are missing, not just here, but in so many aspects of what's going on in the world, all over the place. And I think that that's so important because what you what you're appealing to is something that is really that runs as this undercurrent between all of us that we lose sight of. And when we lose sight of it, we're able to do these things that we're like, oh my God, what have I done? What was I thinking? Why didn't I? Or you know, like you said, the people who are connected to those who make these decisions based on a lost sense of humanity, then they're the ones paying the price. Like a little girl whose dad is crying because he's going to jail for a very long time and he can't bring her to school anymore and she was abused and these are horrible things. But when we lose sight of our humanity like those things they can creep in and condition our behavior and make our choices for us and what you're saying is yeah. is really it's beautiful because it's we need more of that we need more of it everywhere because just to speak to that again the humanity issue of it
1: Figure Lending, LLC, DBA Figure, Equal Opportunity Lender, NMLS 1717824. Terms and conditions apply. Visit figure.com for more information. For licensing information, go to www.nmlsconsumeraccess.org.
0: Here you are, you know, this person who was beaten and, and, and you had to go through all the trauma. I don't know, actually, I don't actually know what kind of physical trauma you experienced. I was
1: fortunate. I'll tell you what, I was fortunate. Like, I I didn't suffer the the injuries that my coworkers did, you know, I um I don't know if it's because of my stature because I was holding a, a a rifle or whatever I don't know, but what I saw from my coworkers and the injuries that they sustained that I was watching, um, that's that's one of the main another reason why I speak. Up. I was lucky. I did I didn't get assaulted like Sergeant Gunnell. I didn't get assaulted yeah. like Michael Fanone and Danny Hodges. Um. So, like for from the physical side, I you know I got a little bit of uh, pepper spray and bear spray and stuff like that, but nothing like those individuals and a lot more other unnamed men and women um, that day. So,
0: and what about the humanity of the people that you were protecting and you walking back into that building or those buildings after the events unfolded, and for those people to then follow that with saying, "No, they were not." A- Attacked. This wasn't violence. This was peaceful. It was a regular tourist visit. It was, you know, d- d- political discourse, people going back in there and voting to decertify the election. You had just endured big torture to to protect uh, the humanity that's lacking for those people to have gone back into to, and they're back again. In a lot of them w- without this understanding of what you what you had to su- what, not just you but everyone had to suffer that day w- what the price that you've paid and that they didn't change their perspective on what they were doing.
1: Well look at this like like cer- certain individuals that got I think on the Republican side they got ran out of congress because they one chose to impeach Donald Trump or they you know voted to not certify or whatever but they run out of congress and how would they run out of Congress because mm-hmm. their constituents voted them out? So that's why I think it's important to have these accounts like myself, like Sergeant Gunnell, Danny Hodges, the individuals when Carolyn Edwards testified. I think it's important to educate these voters of what really happened because you know a lot of times in in hip, people just believe the loudest person. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot. It's unfortunate the loudest person is usually the one who gets the most attention or whatever. And that's where we're at now. But we need more people speaking out about what happened. And, you know, it's frustrating, but that's one of the reasons why I won't stop talking because, like, everybody's got a story from that day. Everybody does. Everybody knows what happened. Everybody, just think, just needs to speak up and tell what really happened that day.
0: Yeah. You are storytellers. or You are the the gatekeepers of, you know accurate honest history and it it's so important because it is under attack everywhere we turn um you 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 are you were rewarded Awarded a medal, but you were honored by President Biden with the Presidential Citizens Medal for your service on January 6th and beyond uh, for an event now forever etched into the annals of American history. I was gonna mess up annals, I was sure. <laughs> I can't believe I didn't. But but let's just talk about that. So I watched that ceremony. I cried like a baby, not because not you know just because you you as a human being. But because because I, I feel what you I feel, what you feel, I feel what and I'm not there, but I feel what you did, what you what it means to you. Uh, it means so much to me that you are there, that you were that you were honored for for your service. And just not it wasn't just that day. It's everything you've done since that day. Um, And I yeah. think I think I saw your beautiful little girl with you. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. So tell me a little bit about what that moment meant for you.
1: So one of the things like the Citizens Medal, when I got the notification that I was getting it. I had to do some research on it and because I wasn't familiar with it and what exactly, I wanted to know exactly what it was. And um, as you know, some of the people were there that day, they wore their uniforms, they were dressed in their uniform. I chose not to wear my uniform and that was intentionally because I didn't receive it as because of my, what I did on January 6th, what I did or what I didn't do. Um, I received it as a citizen who loves and cares about this country and the face of adversity and the face of everything that's going on, still having the fortitude to stand up and fight for this country, um, as a citizen, not necessarily as a police officer, but just as a, a citizen. And that's one of the reasons I chose not to be, try not to be recognized as a police officer. Um, i tell you what, though, I would trade all that shit, the, the medals, the award, the, I would trade every single thing in for that day to never have happened or, or for everybody to acknowledge what we really went through. I would trade it all in. And I mean, I appreciate it. No question about it, but you know, to look at what we had to go through, not to get it, but why we got it is, it's, 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 it says more about the state of the country than a few of us individuals who were awarded that medal. It just shows that we had, we really had to go through what we went through to get that. Like, Mm. That makes no sense when you think about it. <clears throat> yeah, it's,
0: it's it's an interesting perspective because I would have never thought about that because you're looking at it from that that point of view, which makes total sense, you know. But the rest of us are like, well, no, but they should be honored because, and there is something to that. But there's something to honoring you because it's really important, just historically, but also to show others that it's important so that others can feel, you know, empowered to do the same. But it 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 sort of does kind of make you you think. It puts this perspective. Where you're like how did this happen? Did this really, really happen? Like when we, like I'm sitting, I'm coming home from work. My kids are watching it where the, where the person that was helping me was like nannying them essentially. And they're little and they're watching this on their TV and they're scared. shitless. And I'm like, what is what, no, what is happening? And I'm seeing it from my perspective and still just can flabbergate to this day. It's to me, surreal. Like that happened because it's hard to explain how we went from that never happening to that happening. So there was no, there was no pathway. We were like, oh, there's a gradual thing where it's going to be, there's going to be an yeah, attack.
1: This, yeah, it just, it just happened. Like, wait, how the hell did this happen? Like, like yeah. I said, the award is nice and everything, but think about why we got the award. What, like, what, I, I, that really happened? It's like, like, like you see, like somebody says, you got a medal for bravery because you wrestled a shark, <laughs> beheaded a bear <laughs> and, and killed an alligator within <laughs> 10 seconds. You could probably and That's do a it. hell of a feat, but wait, what? How <laughs> the hell did that happen? Like, you know, you nobody ever thinks about how the hell did this happen? You yeah. Know?
0: yeah. It's like there were aliens. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yes. But if anybody Jesus could Christ, defeat man. all those animals, it would be you. Um the so that's that's kind of a good Kind of segue to the last question I have before we get to Leo's questions, my 14 year old son who has his he's pitch hitting for me on the totally random question segment of my podcast. But my last question for you is with all of the things we talked about. Right. So you're still a Capitol Police officer. You you're still there. And you're still there, by the way, and and giving tours. To my, not I'm not giving offering your tours, but giving the coolest tours I've ever had in my life. My kids, yeah. like, oh my god, <laughs> I uh, how many times did I almost cry? Did I cry a couple times? I feel like I cried a couple times with you. I probably cried at least once. I know I yeah. I fangirled over the sender and all the things. But um, <laughs> I uh I'd love to know why 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 are you still doing
1: it? Well, one, I still got bills to pay.
0: <laughs> yeah, but we could do a lot of things. You could be yeah, on TV. Know, you, should be, you should be on TV. I'm not saying I, you should leave because we need nah, to work. I know,
1: I know. Um, you know, I, I when I joined it, I I believe in it. I believe in public service. And, um, you know, after that day, realizing I kind of like view me and my coworkers as like defenders of democracy, true. you know, whether you know it or not. But I mean, that's kind of, you know, what, what a hell of a way to serve your country. Um, I mean, we'll see whatever comes up in the future, but, uh, I tell you what, I don't like it anymore. Um, mm-hmm. but I just feel like it's a, it's a duty now. And I, you know, I, I, I feel like I have to, I have to do it now. Um, but we'll see what the future holds, but mm-hmm. I, I don't know.
0: Well, I'll tell you this much. It won't change the fact that you're a defender of democracy. It just might change what you're you're wearing when you do it and what kind of reminders that are around you that are dark because of every window that you pass or officer that you see or, you know, stairway that you walk, you... Those are the reminders that, that bring you back to that dark day that should never have happened. And no one should, no one should expect you to have to, or anyone to have to yeah. continue to endure that. It's just reinforcing trauma. And we could, you know, we need defenders of democracy in all different aspects of this this life that we live. And because you have so much humanity in your soul, you will do a lot of good no matter where you go and what you do for this well, democracy. thank you.
1: It's true. Thank you.
0: It's true. And I I could cry because I just think that it's, it's so important to have people like you in this world um okay so before i cry and i have an ugly cry so i won't do that i appreciate I you i appreciate you and by the way this is my first ever after dark podcast recording harry Dunn, let's go hey there you go <laughs>
1: look at that look at that
0: i mean it doesn't it doesn't it's probably because it's dark now at like three o'clock in the afternoon I know. it's like what the hell is
1: going on fucking <laughs>
0: depressing it's like it's yeah, happening. it's three o'clock. Yeah, so that's part of it because I, but, but it's like, whoa, look, it's the, it's the meth house, as my trolls call it, in the night. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, the, yeah, the only fans room is in the back. But, um, okay. So, <laughs> so, so let's just rapidly, rapidly, because I've had you now for half an hour, let's get to my son Leo's totally random. Question. Yeah, yeah, yes. what do you got? Yeah. What do you got? All right. So, by the way, Leo will be at the Capitol, um, this spring and they're not getting to go inside, which is so dumb. Ugh, missed
1: that opportunity kind
0: of i just can't even you need to see the rotunda or whatever but he's seen it okay leo's yeah. first question this is very important to him if you had to pick one thing for your last meal on earth
1: hmm. what would it be that's a good one um that's so simple like i feel like i had to be extravagant now because one of my favorite foods that i eat all the time i love wings i, I love oh, wings me too. i love wings like, not just necessarily buffalo wings but like even like flavor, like I like Old Bay wings and like buffalo and uh, lemon pepper. Like I just, I just love wings, but Mm. I would love uh, fried chicken, Mm. potato salad, mac and cheese, and some collard greens. I feel like that would be, that would have to be my last meal.
0: You can't go wrong with that. You have yeah. a place that you, that you love for all those things. My parents,
1: you, my mom, okay. <laughs> <laughs> my mom. <laughs>
0: Can we get a table there?
1: <laughs> but I know. Right. I know. my mom, But yeah, no, nah, that would, that would have to be it.
0: So Yeah. I love that. And I will say that wings, you spoke to my heart and Leo's heart. There's a place here in town and they've got like, I don't like I don't even know. I don't know how they do it. Like a, 400 flavors of wings or something. Yeah, there's so many different yeah.
1: flavors now, yeah. man. It's like, you know, ranch and cajun and teriyaki and spicy teriyaki and spicy cajun ranch. Like what the <laughs> hell? Like peanut butter bacon. I, I want to try them all though. I want to try them
0: yeah. all. Yeah. <laughs> well, you I'll, you got you got to come up to New Jersey and we'll bring you to this place cuz they yeah. they pull it off. I don't know how. You have all those things in your kitchen. I don't want to know, but they pull it off. <laughs> they, like, make they, it will, work, they will though. try a different one every time. And yeah. yeah. Um, for me, I like them naked, which again is for after dark. But I like them when they're not breaded, which is old school. I think a lot of people
1: like them better. Yeah, bread. yeah, definitely. Okay,
0: okay. That was the first question. Second question. What and Leo had a specific intention behind this one. By the way, what was your dream job as a kid?
1: I want to play football. I that was, was his,
0: that was Leo's intention. Okay, I
1: thought I was gonna be. I thought I was gonna be a fe- professional athlete, and um, obviously, in the book, I talk about that, but. It didn't um it didn't pan out that way. I thought I was just going to be a um a star football bas, bas- well I started out playing basketball, the transition to football. I just thought I was going to be a professional athlete, and um that would have been my dream, I guess.
0: Mm, that was that was what Leo wanted to know, I think, and he wanted he went, well I guess he wanted to add in there what so what was that like as a college book basketball
1: football you can read that part of the book let him read that part of okay it.
0: okay okay. i will i will actually leo you have to read my son yep. not, And voluntarily, not involuntarily it's sort of voluntarily by the way because he likes to read when he's forced to read but he doesn't just pick up a book it's like there's so many good sports books there's so many good books in like harry's book read it okay leo yeah yep, now you have yep. to watch this podcast my son and you have to read the book but i'm going to show him this part um okay I'm yes talking. yes yeah that was what he he wanted an answer to his question and he's gonna have to go find it and your book. Okay, last question. This was Leo. Would you rather be able to speak to animals or speak every human language?
1: Speak to animals. Really? I feel like I'd, I'd rather speak to animals. Um because <laughs> sometimes I don't like people. You know <laughs> you know don't you wish like don't yeah, an, no animals that you just get it like yeah. sometimes you got a dog or you just look over and like, I feel you. I feel you, dog. Like, <laughs> I said that to my dog once. Like, I saw, I look like I come down. My dog has, has his own, like, little well, It's a room, but um, so I go in there and I could say, Come on, come on, Frosty. And she'll look at me she'll be like, Nah, not today. And I'm like, Yeah, I feel you. But she'll go to the door and it's cold or it's rainy. She'll look, Yeah, nah, I ain't doing it. And I'm like, I feel you. I feel, I feel like if that's what she was, if she could talk, that's if she would saying, She'd say, Yeah, nah. This ain't happening. <laughs> I would feel like talking to animals would be because let's imagine some of the stuff that they've seen. Just, you know, I'm sure they've seen a lot.
0: Oh, yeah. Especially house pets. Like I have seen my, my dad and mom.
1: I know. I know. You talk. You talk. That, that would be a story right there. Hell, I mean, I love Dr. Doolittle. Right. That was awesome. Just Dr. Doolittle. <laughs> Like,
0: then you're, then you're like, then you're for sure one of those people who's like, I feel weird when the dog's in the room. It's like, you in know, yeah, yeah, exactly. The in the room. Yeah, and I feel like, I don't know why, but uh, squirrels and raccoons would have some stories to tell. But, uh, but yeah, I, but then go to a zoo. Imagine what the hell you would hear at the zoo. Like, you're talking I, to a oh giraffe. Gosh, it's like, I I how the fuck did I get here?
1: <laughs> I, <exactly>. <laughs> <laughs> what are you doing like, in New Jersey? I know. Can you imagine? <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah no actually we need to manifest that we need to make that happen well, okay so the book so we the book we talked about the book standing my ground a capital police officers fight for accountability and good trouble after january 6th is there anywhere else you want to send folks to check out what you're working on or you know wait, no wait, i mean
1: just you know just 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 stay engaged uh follow me on on twitter it's always it's not x it's twitter same and guys. threads um libra dunn l-i-b-r-a-d-u-n-n and uh Obviously, I'll make announcements there or just talk trash or whatever, you know. Well, for
0: a lot of spiritual kind of And life. that's the thing, yeah.
1: I I, I try to, I try yeah. to be positive, you know. So, you know, hopefully you're uh you'll follow me.
0: Yes, definitely follow Harry because it's not just it's it's very much a mixed bag. And then every now and then he surprises you with something where it's like, How are you? How are you? How really how are, <laughs> are you? you? Yeah, and you're yeah. like, oh shit, I'm terrible.
1: Yeah, it's, okay. <laughs> Like, this is, I was, this sucks. Like, I yeah, need to go I talk mean. to a squirrel. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that is funny.
0: Right? Well, I, this is an amazing conversation. I just feel, I, I, since I've ever met you, the very first second I ever met you, I was like, I don't feel like I know you. I felt like I've known you forever. You're just like, you're, that's who you are. I guarantee you, everyone who's ever met you feels like that. My kids felt like that. It's just who you are. It's it's, it's inherent in your soul. And well, thank uh, you. It's true. And your gift, you truly are a gift to this country um, and a gift to the universe. So um, thank you so that much. Means a for lot you. To me. I
1: appreciate you.
0: I appreciate you. Um, and, I, and I know everyone's going to love this conversation. So I'm so excited to get this out. But uh, that does it for this episode of the Are You Effing Kidding Me podcast. Thank you again to my amazing guest, Harry Dunn. And you guys have a great week. I'll see you all next time. Thank you. Thank you.
1: Are You Effing Kidding Me? is a production of the Political Voices Network. Please visit us at politicalvoicesnetwork.com.